my first of many pleasures this evening is to introduce the man who's going to present the 2003 Third Coast Festival Lifetime Achievement Award. His name is Larry Josephson. Larry's been in radio for 32 years as a host, producer, engineer, manager. Let's give it up. But there's more. Larry spent 18 years at WBAI in New York, maybe it seemed longer, at KPFA in Berkeley, where I understand he was kind of a grumpy morning host, is that right? <laughs> and the station manager. 20 years ago, he started the Radio Foundation, a not-for-profit radio production and distribution organization. In the late 70s, Larry created the Airlies, a national gathering of radio producers kind of like this one. Larry Josephson is a winner of the Peabody Award and three Grammy nominations for his work with Bob and Ray. And I know you all know Larry and you love Larry. You who have worked with him have enjoyed his sparkling personality, his lighthearted banter, his fondness for kittens, and his collection of lovely porcelain figurines. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry Josephson. Thank you, Amy. And I may write to you and ask me to find me a wife. Uh, oh, what better source than an advice columnist? Um, we're gathered here tonight to honor Joe Frank with the highest award this festival can bestow, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Joe's work has often been described in the press as dark, funny, disturbing, all true. He is also brilliant, difficult, and absolutely original. There is no one like him, thank God. <laughs> Joe's lapidary use of language, his wide-ranging references from high culture to low, from the profound to the trivial, often in the same sentence, is breathtaking. <laughs> Joe uses every form known to radio, monologue, studio interviews, phone calls, all of them bogus, music, and radio drama, a word that usually evokes the stuffy BBC radio plays that sound like, oh, Cynthia. <laughs> Not in Joe's hands, they don't. Joe refuses to tell me how old he is, but we used carbon dating <laughs> on a sheet that I surreptitiously removed from his house. <laughs> According to the lab, Joe was born in 1943 in Strasbourg, France, near the German border, two steps ahead of Hitler and one step ahead of Arnold Schwarzenegger's father. <laughs> this experience has informed his work with deep-seated feelings of impermanence and insecurity. No matter how assimilated, how successful, how affluent, a Jew gets to be, even in this country, <laughs> it can be taken away in an instant. 
The German Jews found that out. Listen now to this excerpt from Joe's work, No More, My Lord. Just as an aside, why Hitler has been a figure of fun from everyone to Charlie Chaplin to Ernst Lubitsch to Mel Brooks 
is an exercise I'll leave to my psychiatrist. Joe follows his muse, not his arbitrons. No focus group would ever have come up with Joe Frank. He's courageous, even at times reckless. No subject, sexual or political, is taboo with Joe. Joe's work is highly personal. That makes most public radio managers uncomfortable. Dory Malatia is one of the few exceptions. He's a friend of artists. It says something about public radio today that Joe is, with a few exceptions, off the air. The reigning public radio aesthetic these days is the drone. Mmm, Congress. Mmm, elections. Mmm, White House. Joe Frank punches through the drone. One must listen to Joe in the foreground. Otherwise, a hand comes out of the radio and grabs your brain by the throat. <coughs> I've been Joe's fan and his friend for nearly 30 years. We are each each other's confessors. I can say anything to Joe on any subject, no matter how bizarre, embarrassing, how murderous the fantasies, or how politically incorrect, without fear of offending him. In fact, Joe enjoys being offended <laughs> and offending in return. It's a game we play. There is one problem, though. When I listen to Joe, I'm never sure that what he tells me is true. Is it the product of his perverted imagination, or is he just toying with me like a cat with a half-dead mouse? Joe's stories are often about love and longing, especially how lovers torture one another. In her nominating letter, Terry Gross wrote, one of Joe's pieces which I especially liked featured his phone calls to several ex-girlfriends, his real ex-girlfriends. At the end of each call, he serenaded his ex with a version of the Johnny Mercer song, I Remember You. The lyric goes, I remember you, you were the one who made my dreams come true a few kisses ago. Terry goes on, the piece forced me to consider the border between performance and life and what happens when an artist blurs the line by bringing real people and their real lives into his scenario." Unquote Terry Gross. Let me tell you a story. A few years ago, I was in the grip of a passionate and tortured love affair. I'll spare you the details. <laughs> we would be here till midnight. At a low moment, I found myself in Los Angeles, where Joe lives. Late one freezing night in November, I stopped at a gas station a block from Joe's house. I called him from a phone booth and told him that I had to see him, that I was a wreck, suicidal, couldn't work, couldn't sleep, and most important, couldn't eat. <laughs> Joe said, I can't see you. I'm under deadline pressure. <laughs> so for the next 90 minutes, I poured out my heart and soul to my dear friend Joe. Every up and down and every detail of this 
wonderful, horrible roller coaster ride. Every so often, I would plead with him, Joe, why won't you see me? I'm a block from your house. <laughs> Joe insisted that he didn't have time. Finally, when I was emotionally spent, this is a true story, finally, when I was, emo <laughs> when I was emotionally spent and about to say goodbye, Joe told me that he had recorded the entire conversation. <laughs> I was furious. I told him that I would sue his ass if he used one word of it on the air. My anger then gave way to admiration for his audacity that he would put at risk a 30-year friendship for the sake of a piece of tape. Then the narcissist in me took over and I said, all right, you can use the tape, but... But, uh, but just cut her name out. A few weeks later, I called Joe from New York and asked him for a copy of the tape <laughs> to send to her. Joe promised to send it, but never did. He told me many times that he couldn't find it. I kept asking and asking. Years later, he told me that he may have thrown it out when he moved. To this day, I'm not sure if the conversation was recorded or not. And that's the essence of Joe Frank. You're never sure what the process of discovering what is reality is, is one of the great treasures of listening to Joe. Finally, it's rare that we love an artist's work and the artist himself. Most often, we either admire the work but regard the person as a jerk or even a monster. And I, in the bar, I'll give you some examples of each. Or. <laughs> Or we like the person well enough, but privately think the work is mediocre or boring. In Joe's case, I'm lucky. I love the man and his work equally. It's my great pleasure now to present the 2003 Third Coast Festival Lifetime Achievement Award to my dear, dear friend, Joe Frank. Thank you.